0: Hey, it's Nathan, and this is the Bible in 90 Days, day number 11, numbers nine through 21. By the way, you'll notice my voice is a little off. That's because our family battled COVID last week, which has delayed the release of new episodes. Hopefully, we'll be able to keep pace pretty much from here on out. My plan is to... complete this 90 days read by or, or highlights by early April. So that should pretty much be with uh, close to within a 90-day window. All right, let's go to today's reading. That is numbers 9 through 21, day number 11. And I got to tell you, today's chapters are challenging to, to just create a highlight reel for because they're packed with good stuff, packed with information. And so we're going to give it a shot, though. Our reading begins in chapter 9 with a record of the first post-Exodus Passover celebration. A Passover accommodation is also introduced for those unable to celebrate the Passover on the designated date due to contamination. Those individuals could celebrate the Passover one month later. Also, while Israelites who did not celebrate the Passover were cut off, foreigners could celebrate the Passover so long as they followed the um rules and regulations related to it. The chapter also lets the reader know that when the cloud rested over the tabernacle, the people would remain encamped, and when that cloud lifted, then the camp would pack up and move on. Chapter 10 begins with the instructions, "Make two trumpets of hammered silver and use them for calling the community together and for the and for having the camps set out. When both are sounded, the whole community is to assemble before you at the entrance to the tent of meeting. That's from the NIV. In the second month of this second year, Israel packed up and left the Sinai desert. The chapter ends with these words. Whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. And then on to chapter 11, which records the tragic story of the people of Israel complaining about the manna. This is a chapter you'll want to read. And here's part of it. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. The incident results in God instructing Moses to appoint 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. And I'm quoting, by the way, have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. These 70 elders would receive a portion of the spirit given to Moses and share the burden of leadership with him. The end of the chapter records God using the winds to blow in a massive amount of quail and the Israelites gorging themselves and dying with meat still in their teeth from a severe plague. Chapter 12 tells the story of Miriam and Aaron opposing Moses. They are by the way his brother and sister if you had forgotten. God calls Miriam and Aaron to step forward and then speaks these words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them, and he... Left them. When he did, Miriam was covered in leprosy. At Moses' intercession, she was healed, though having to remain outside the camp for seven days. And we're on to chapter 13. By the way, chapter 13 and 14 are well worth reading. These chapters contain the tragic saga in the wilderness journey with representatives chosen from each tribe to clandestinely survey the land of Canaan in anticipation of imminent occupation. This exploration lasted 40 days, and the report from the returning spies was mixed. Here again from the NIV We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. After the somewhat discouraging report, Caleb of the tribe of Judah spoke with courage, and I quote, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. This encouragement was met with a tidal wave of opposition, The ensuing scene, found in chapter 14, is a near-literal Israelite meltdown. If if only we had died in Egypt, they said, and then began making plans to choose another leader to take them back. By the way, that's why I called it a tragic saga, because they come up to the borders of Canaan, and then due to this terrible report and the instigation of a meltdown, things rapidly change. Moses and Aaron, along with Caleb and Joshua, plead with the crowd to change their minds, but almost get stoned. At this, God responded, I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you a nation greater and stronger than they. Then in chapter 14, we find Moses interceding magnificently. Uh, Moses eloquently arguing that if God destroys them, it will be Devastating to his reputation, and appeals to God to act in harmony with his own declaration that he abounds in love and forgives sin while not leaving the guilty unpunished. God's response I have forgiven them, as you asked. However, those who complained were in for devastating news. God would answer their prayer, they would die in the wilderness. While their children, the ones they feared would die in the wilderness and be plundered, would ultimately inhabit the land. The men who had turned the whole community against God were killed by a plague. After weeping all night, the people had a change of heart, determining to enter the promised land anyway. Their attempt was met with devastating defeat. Chapter 15 is back to laws more common to the book of Leviticus regarding sacrifices. The chapter also includes instructions about dealing with unintentional sins along with the execution of a Sabbath breaker. It ends with this fascinating instruction. Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord. Chapter 16 begins to tell the story of Korah, Dathan and Abiram, all Levites who challenge Moses' authority, complaining that he's brought them into the wilderness to die. This accusation is settled the following day and also finds Moses interceding again. Here is a piece of that text. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. But Moses and Aaron fell face down and cried out, O God, the God who gives breath to all living things, will you be angry with the entire assembly when only one man sins? Then the people were instructed to move away from Korah and those associated with him, and the earth swallowed the rebels. The next day the people again rebelled, and Moses and Aaron interceded, though not before 14,700 people had died from the plague. By the way, chapter 14, Excuse me, chapter 16 is another excellent chapter to read. Chapter 17 records God's vindication of Aaron by asking for 12 staffs, one from the leader of each tribe. These 12 staffs were played in, placed in the tabernacle overnight, and the next day Aaron's rod, representing the tribe of Levi, budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. Chapter 18 is back to details regarding the work of the priests and Levites. Chapter 19 provides details regarding a special ceremony of purification involving a red heifer. Chapter 20, again, another chapter to read, begins with the death of Miriam. The chapter also finds the people in the wilderness of Zin with no water. And the people complain again about being brought into the wilderness to die Then the Lord said to Moses, and I'm quoting, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. Moses and Aaron gathered the people in front of the rock. Then Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. And I'm still reading. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Following this incident, the Israelites request passage through Edom, the land of Esau's descendants, but are refused Then Aaron's priestly role is transferred, or I should say was transferred to his son Eliezer on top of Mount Horeb, after which Aaron died and was mourned by the people for 30 days. Chapter 21 begins with Israel confronting and destroying the Canaanite king of Arad. The final story I'll mention with any detail finds Israel complaining again, and then venomous snakes infesting the camp, biting and killing many. Moses prayed for them. God's response, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. You'll hear this coming up again, by the way, in the Gospel of John, a few days down the road. The last two elements in the chapter are the defeat of King Sihon of the Amorites, as well as King Og, and that wraps up our reading for today.